Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. I'm a feminist, but this week I was thinking about Enola Holmes a lot. And one night I had a dream that I was a suffragette. But my main memory of this dream was of a really handsome man who was played by the same actor who played Knox Overstreet in Dead Poet Society, a 1980s movie, children, from before you were born. (laughs) And this young man in the dream, he had a moustache, I remember that, and he wanted votes for women, and I wanted him. (laughs) But then we couldn't get me out of my corset, And so I spent the rest of the dream trying to undo the knots. (laughs) I had a dream about being a suffragette. My first and only dream in my life about being a suffragette because I'd been re-watching Enola Holmes and the whole dream was about a man trying to get me out of a corset. (laughs) And he didn't even do it. He didn't even do it. Can you imagine my disappointment? My whole sex dream was just someone trying to get me out of a corset. No feminism and no fun. I've got to say, I'm not a real suffragette, but I'm a pretend one. And I have to say, I'd say about uh, 80% of the time that... um, suffragettes have is spent just getting in and out of corsets so is it pretty much that's from my pretend suff- like being a pretend suffragette like most of my time on Enola Holmes was getting was in and out of a corset getting in and out of that thing just getting in and out of it just getting in and then out of Do it. you think... See, I always thought the reason we're put into corsets mm-hmm. was because the patriarchy was trying to kind of make us smaller and make us not breathe very well yeah. and, you know, all of those forces. Do you think it was actually to waste our time? Yes. <laughs> so, so we had less time to try and get the vote. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's all morning doing this. Yeah. They're finally in it. And then I try and get the vote. Can't breathe very well. I have to have a sit down. Exactly. I've got to get out of it That's again. That's it. By the time you're in, they're like, I need a nap. And then they're all in Parliament going, ah, women, stay in. And then we're like, oh, gosh, they're doing that thing. We need to go. And then we get up and oh. then we're like, oh, no, it's 8 p.m. I've got to start because it's three hours. And then you get out of it and then you're like, right, is there a nighttime, like, Houses of Parliament get together? And everyone's like, no, there is. Oh, the men are like, we're asleep. And then we're like, okay, we'll sleep. And then we'll wake up and we're like, oh, no, they're in the Houses of Parliament. Get me in. And that's three hours and that's how that's that's interesting I bet they weren't really asleep I bet they were drinking rosé in the rose garden Um, (laughs) um, have you got one yeah I've got one I'm (laughs) I'm a feminist but this is this has gone on a little bit hasn't it like it's gone on like feminism's gone on let me explain (laughs) stick with me where is this going Susie no I know and we're all scared, and this is how I like it. <laughs> um, you're all tense. That's good. Um, so basically, like when I discovered feminism, I was like, I'm in. I'm oh, like, obviously common sense. I think I was a feminist before I knew the word feminism. I was like, oh well, yeah, equality for all. And um, 
And then I thought, okay, so we'll get, we'll, we're going to get this equality because I was young and I was foolish and hopeful. And then I, so I got into my 20s. And I was like, yeah, cool, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, um, and then I, I'm now in my 30s. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know when this is happening. I just thought it's the equivalent of a, a child in the back of a car going, are we there yet? And we're just not there yet. And I'm tired. And I think I've got about two more years before I become the villain of my own story. So that's just, that's the truth. I'm about to become a villain. I'm, I'm going to go ham on this because this is taking ages. Like, and also like, I'll be repeating stuff and then like older feminists will be like, yeah, we were saying that in like the fifties. I'm like, fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's taken a while, isn't it? It's scary. Um, it's going on so long. It's going on for ages. Here's the problem with it going on so long. The yeah. world looks like it's winding down. And I would like to it achieve. Is final, it is the final season of Earth. It, and I would <laughs> like to the, achieve gender season. equality before the end of the world. Yes. And at the moment, it ain't looking good. I've We've got, got to speed this years. shit up. I've got two years, and then I'm just coming out with two Uzis, going ah, naked, just like ah. <laughs> ah they're like, what is she fighting for? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> ah, course it on because I've regressed. <laughs> Three hours putting it on with the music. Sorry. It's true. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what we're fighting for anymore. I'm like, I look at it and, and, uh, and I think, is it to get more female billionaires into space? What does gender equality look like ever, ever, even anymore? I don't even know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> I've lost... Sometimes I... We really I lose have the, billionaires. I, I genuinely so panic weird. about the point sometimes. Um, I'm a feminist, but uh, recently I went to a meeting... Uh, we were meeting an important person, me and another woman were meeting an important person and she turned up mm. with an unannounced blow dry and I saw that as a hostile act. <laughs> for, I need 48 hours notice. I'm having a blow dry for this meeting. Otherwise, it's just not even Stevens and that is not sisterhood and that is not feminism. <laughs> and if you're going to have a manicure, just a little... What's what, going to kill you to send a text is all I'm saying. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm I'm a feminist, but um, recently I was at a party and I was looking amazing. And I've been I've been um, <laughs> I know you have been looking amazing lately. Actually, she's been looking flame. I have been looking flame. <gasps> what? Here's an opportunity. No, what are we doing? <gasps> no, no, no. Oh, because what? oh, okay. Keep okay. saying your story and then no, remind me. I'm, I'm distracted now. Uh, oh, so, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I, I just saw I saw an amazing moment. Okay, go on. So a few uh, like a few shows back. Yeah, I said someone was looking flame. Yes, because I was thinking of the flame emoji. Yeah, and young people in the audience said it's fire, it's not flame, and I was like, but I think it should be you're looking flame. Anyway, I decided yeah. I was going to try and make flame happen. Now. The audience, Susie, the, the Guilty Feminist listeners, they've really come with me I know, this. I've seen little bits and bobs, I've been so proud. It's all over the internet, yeah. and by which I mean my bit of the internet. Corner. It's only currently, everyone writes, if, I go, if I'm on a you know, red carpet or something, usually because Susie's invited me somewhere, if I'm completely <laughs> honest that I'm on a red carpet, but underneath people will say, you look flame. The other day, I texted Susie, you look flame, and autocorrected it to Flamio. Now we say Flamio. Now, we now say Flamio. I'm really trying to make flame happen. And you know when something could take off? I feel <laughs> sometimes you're trying to make something happen. It can't take off. It's just not the right thing. But flame is ripe for taking off. Do you know what I've realised? What? Do you know I who mean? we have in the audience tonight? Who? Well, many Millie Bobby Brown fans are <gasps> young, right? Yeah, you're young. And who makes things take off on TikTok? Young people. That's right. <laughs> 
so there'll be young listeners and there'll be also be young people in the room. If you would consider yourself to be a young person, which is basically all of you, do you know what I mean? But yeah, like, but yeah, but you like, know what we're talking about. But if you're like one of those young TikTok people, um, let's say 21 or under, could you give us a cheer? Okay, there's enough of them. Are, would you sound. be open to making flame happen? Uh, definite. Okay. Some I'm, of you sound a bit like, ugh. It's like, <laughs> we're your mum going, <laughs> have you taken your coat? You're like, yes. <laughs> like, but like, just for this, this will be fun. Like, can, can you, can you please go yes. on? Thank you. Great. Good, good. Okay. Okay. That's exciting. That's an exciting moment for me. So I'm going to need you just to sort of pulse it into your world. Into, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't need to know why it's happening. It just needs to subtly happen. This is how slang takes off. What's your name? Hi, Ruby. Oh, I was asking you, but I love your confidence. Ruby, hello. I'm now asking you. I'm now asking you. Uh, so, uh, so any young person, just make it your mission. So Susie, you were looking... Flamio. I was looking flame. Hashtag, flame. Are we hashtagging? I think okay. flame's more likely to take off, isn't it? Flamio's a bit too much. That can be the next step. Okay. Yeah. So, Susie, you were looking flame. So you've just, hang on a minute. You've just stopped me for all of that and then you've just gone back. Were you looking to flame? Flame. Yeah. Okay. okay. Flamio. Flame or flamio? <laughs> Either of those is right. Flame or flamio. Accurate. You were looking flame slash flamio. So, I was, looking, I was looking flame at this party. It's really feeling myself. I've been hibernating for ages. I haven't really been going to parties because I have no social skills anymore. It's really funny. It is actually quite funny when you see me trying to like interact with a person. But I was there and I was like, I am a human. I am a human <laughs> in heels. And um, this, this is what happens. When I'm nervous, I've got no standards. So this guy who... <laughs> None. You could be like, do you want to get on this boat with me? And I'll be like, yes! Because I'm just terrified. And so this guy came up to me and he just looked like trouble. He looked like just absolutely run away. Like, ah. Uh, and he came up to me. He was like, hi. That's all it took. And I was like, hello. And then he was like, can I have your number? Straight away. Not even, what's your name? You know, who knows? He probably watched Anola Holmes. And, um, and so I'm going to get around that corset. Um, but uh, so he was like, can you get in? <laughs> it's going to be six hours of your time getting in and out. Um, and then he said, can I have your number? And I went, yes. Oh, my God, yes. And then I started saying my number like 07112112222. And then by the penultimate number, I remembered myself. I was like, two, two. <laughs> so he's got my number except for the very very last digit so yes there we go what if he sensed that moment he did and then he all did. he has to do is go through all of the numbers I know. there's it, only there's 10 of them a limited amount of time Debs before you get a text from me saying hi it's Susie I've changed my number again because I've done that listen look guys like I'm the age of tinder when it first came out when it was like <sighs> Tinder, the only one. What is this thing? Swipey, swipey. Like, and now there's like thousands. Like, I'm that age. So I was constantly giving out my number. I've changed my number since 2015. I've changed my number about eight times. Because there'll be a time going, I'll get a text like, hey, like, I'm sorry, like, I think I saw you on my TV. And I think that, like, we went on a date, like, three years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, it's time, it's time to it's time to change my uh, my phone number. So you will be getting a text if he manages to, to penetrate yeah. the code. If he penetrates the code, so to speak. I'm a feminist, but my 
autocorrect is more feminist than I am. Because today I texted someone, oh my God, and my autocorrect said, oh my goddess. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? I've trained it. So my new thing now is, oh my goddess. I'm, I'm totally doing, oh, we could make that happen along with Flame. <laughs> Is there too many things to make happen? I think, like, I think these guys, you guys, you've got so much on your plate. You've got all this going. We've messed it up for you. Yeah, it's and so now true. we're like, make this happen. That's You're like, true. It's Ugh. true. It's true. What more do these guys want from us? I'm so sorry. It's but like, if you do true. want to make it happen, though, like, do. Yeah. Like, there's no pressure. Uh, it is true. We have... Uh, uh, sorry, teenagers. You've got to fix climate change and make flame happen now. And that's... <laughs> it's a lot on your plate. No, genuinely, um, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> Have you got any more homophobic spots? Um, I do, but I don't. This is a risky one that I might have to ask <laughs> to be cut. Okay, so well, don't let's give it, it. We'll <laughs> give it to the room, and then the room can vote on whether or not that should stay in the edit. Okay. Um, as you probably know, I like to make you uncomfortable. So here we go. Um, I'm a feminist, but I have. This is true. This is absolutely true. I have a stalker. Um, it's a really difficult, scary situation. And I have got really lovely neighbours and they're really looking after me. And I went in to speak to one of my neighbours and they always check on me, like, what's going on? Have you had any more contact? And I was just like, oh, yeah, it's either yes or it's either no, whatever. So I was just in there talking to my lovely neighbour. And then he said um, the strangest sentence. So he's like, oh, gosh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, out, out of curiosity, do you know, do you know if he's fit? <laughs> what? And I was like... What? What? He's like, is he fit? Like, is he good looking? I was like, will that make it better? Like, the fuck? He's like, no, he's, he's a good looking guy. It's like, firstly, I don't actually know the gender of my stalker, but also, what a peculiar thing to ask. And then I left and was like, is he fit? Because let's be honest, it's a he, it's a he. True story. Thank you very much. You've got wow. to laugh. You've got to laugh. Otherwise, you won't leave your home and come here to King's Place and have a lovely time with other feminists. So, there we go. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> you went white. Uh, I was like, I was, I was, I was gripped to the story. Now, uh, we told the audience they could vote on that. Uh, should that make the edit? Yes or no? Yes. They liked it. It was funny. It's fine. It's been in the news. It's good. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about the state of the world and how it's impacting oh, it's you. It's fine. I'm telling you, two years before I become a villain. I've told you. Told you yeah. here. You heard it here first. I, I don't see it taking two years. <laughs> I think we got six months of the outside, my friend. Six months of the outside. Enjoy those six months. <laughs> Live from King's Place in London, the Spotted Man Shop presents The Guilty Feminists with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co host Susan McComa, and our very Bobby Brown with Grace Petrie on music. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White, with me is Susan McComa, and tonight we are interviewing Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, look at you guys. Look at this joint. It is full. <laughs> yes. 
This is lovely. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Ah, this is great. Isn't it lovely? It is really it's lovely. It's really nice. It always feels like a uh, homecoming when you come home to the Girls Who Feminist Susie Bacoma. It does. It really does. This is like, this is my safe space. This is my, oh, I just, I love, I love coming here. I love coming here because I can say anything I want and nobody says what I say on the internet. Then we edit it and then I sound really clever and smart and... That's the point. You've got it. You've got the whole spiel. You've got it? You've got it. Because I I say things. I say things. And also, like, I've got the live show brain, Mm. and then I've got the podcast brain. So I'm going to give you some gems Mm. that no one else will hear, but you've got to keep it to yourself. (laughs) Susie is quite indiscreet, and I love it. This is one reason why we book her. She'll just be like, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to tell you. Um, which is always, always enjoyable. Always a joy. Um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you tonight, Susie. And I'm so excited about uh, your guest and being able to, our guest, and being able to talk with her uh, somewhat about the older Nola Holmes as well. Because yes. in the Nola Holmes, you taught her suffragitsu. Is that correct? I did. I, some oh, no, correct. I some would say, some would say that all, all I did was do as I, I was told and acting but let's go and say that I taught her jujitsu which was great which was great I know what I'm doing that was quite scary because Minnie at the time I think was 15 I think and like I was having to throw her onto the ground like a child like I was an adult and I was like you've got to live the life you've got to be tough and I was like oh Minnie are you okay it was (laughs) I was very stressed (laughs) yeah I can understand that I would not want to break Millie Bobby Brown yeah and effectively my boss as well she's produced she's a badass producer as well so I was like yeah and then it'll be cut and I'll be like please can I keep my job (laughs) (laughs) hi Millie (laughs) that is a complicated relationship isn't it very hard yeah yeah absolutely yes um well it was a fantastic show and I'm sure we'll be talking about it tonight. We will be. Do you ever do a small act of feminism for which you pat yourself on the back? Ah, uh, Debs, my entire life is a tiny, small act of feminism. <laughs> the fact I just turn up places, I'm like, well, I'm here. That should be enough for the cause. Um, <laughs> uh, bare minimum, bare minimum Susie, that's what they call me. Um, it's so <laughs> not true, it's so not true. But I do think sometimes your presence... Is in itself an act of feminism. It's a trick. That's a lie. Like, I'll turn up at places and I'll be like, I'm here. And everyone will be like, she's here. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. They're like, feminism. And I just go, feminism. And it seems to work. to be fair, that's what our Prime Minister does. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To be strictly fair, he just turns up and is like, I've arrived. Isn't that enough? Yeah. And then people start asking him questions and he doesn't answer any of them. He just he just says the same thing over and over again. So like part during Partygate, he kept being asked by everyone, like even people on his team. Yeah. I know it's not called a team, but <laughs> would be like, you know, at PMQs, they'd be like, uh, but surely, surely if you knew that these parties were taking place, yeah. which you said that you didn't, and so on, and he'd just go, I think we just need to wait for the report. And they'd be like, but were you there or not? I think I don't, I won't know until I read it in the report. <laughs> but it, we'd literally talk about yesterday morning. Did you have a bottle of champagne <laughs> in, in, at number 10? I, I'll, I'll check the report when it comes out and I'll let you know. Are you standing in front of us now, Prime Minister? I'll have to see what Sue Gray says in her report. She will let us know if I'm talking now or not. <laughs> It's like, it was absolutely amazing. And so I amazing feel, tackers. yeah, I feel sometimes when 
posh guys like that mm. do that, they don't lose any sleep. Yeah. That's very much the vibe I get from Johnson. I don't think he's had one sleepless night. No. Unless it was like a making another in a series of babies. <laughs> Just randomly makes babies all the time. I mean, we have to, guys, I, 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 listen, if you, if you sleep with, we have to stop sleeping with Tories. We, we have to stop, like... <laughs> Just cut off the supply. I, uh, as a gender, we need to stop sleeping with Tories. Just, is that what you're saying? E- just every, anyone, anyone, just always check and just, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, we have to stop How it. How do I think you if we, check if they're a Tory? It's not like a cat where you go, boy or girl, like you can't. I don't know. I think we just need to start checking. We just need to go turn around. <laughs> Show me the back of your neck. <laughs> is the barcode there? Um, and then if it's not, then, you know. I, I think if they're registered Tories, it's, you can find out. That'll be on the record. Yeah, I guess and so. And I, 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 they do seem to have super strong sperm because there's a lot of them who have a lot of babies there. <laughs> they do, though. Every single time Boris Johnson... I think there's some teenagers in the audience tonight. There might be some younger people. Oh, yes, so, of yeah, course. Maybe Sorry. I should... Uh, this is, this is it. This is what it is, yeah. by the way. Just letting you um, know. Because there'll be some Millie Bobby Brown fans who have not necessarily listened to the show. I'm, I'm very aware of that guy. Like, so, yeah, we should probably begin. that is the begin. tone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the tone. That's yeah. the tone. That tone will continue. Um, are you enjoying it so far? Great. That's good. They're enjoying it so far. That's yeah. good. Uh, if we've said anything that you don't and you're not sure about, then do ask a parent. Um, <laughs> All right, are we ready to meet our guest? I think we are. Are we ready? Are we ready, guys? Um, We might as well say to an audience of the 60s, are they ready to meet the Beatles, honestly? (laughs) Our guest today is a young, brilliant feminist and global ambassador to UNICEF on top of being an award-winning actress and producer. Please welcome to the stage with a big, guilty feminist welcome... The incredible Millie Bobby Brown! Oh my god, I just love you're wearing like glam rock shoes. Oh my god. Oh, they're the greatest things I've ever seen. It's a moment. I've never seen anything so wonderful. Okay, for the listeners, they are lilac. They oh, are bedazzled. They you. are. And you know what? The other day, I was listening to you guys, and I was like, I really wish they detailed that more because I was listening. Uh-huh, so yes. I appreciate okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. so these demand there's, it. They're gorgeous. There's, there's, yeah. there's bejeweled crucifixes dangling off them. Platforms. This platforms, platforms to the gods. This is true. To the goddesses. To the goddesses. <laughs> yes, and like I pearls, love correct. Pearls yeah. that are attached to those. Incredible. And then there's straps with diamantes on. Yeah. It's, they're just stunning. They're yeah. absolutely they're stunning. They're really hard to walk in. I, I can, I can it's only, only I can a imagine, short distance. It's only a short they're distance. They're for stage, aren't they? Yeah. They're for stage or, or for posing in a, ta- in a bar on a chaise longue or something yes. like that. Yeah, it's a Mariah long. moment. Yeah, it's a, it is absolutely a Mariah moment. Who are they? This is not this is a feminist podcast, so we shouldn't know, dwell on the shoe. But who are the shoes? Who, who, no, who no are they're, they're no one important. Oh. Yeah, like they're, they're like really cheap. 
Wow. Yeah, Do you know what? You're a girl after my own heart. You just like what you like. I love you a good get discount. It. I love a good coupon. Do you? Yeah. It. This is the first thing we're learning. Excellent. <laughs> love a discount. Yeah. Okay. All definitely. Right. Oh my gosh, um, it is so good to have you. Oh, I'm so happy. I just want to open with how this happened. Yeah. Because oh, you're yes, probably please. all wondering. And Debs isn't going to say it because she's going to blush. So basically, what happened? We were on the makeup truck filming Enola Holmes 2. I sat down and you said, Hey, I've read the Guilty Feminist book. Didn't you? I was <laughs> reading it while I was filming Enola Holmes 2. I became. Uh, gravely aware of sexism. Uh, Not on that job specifically, but just in my life. And I was like, huh, this is kind of weird. And I didn't realise. It was kind of my introduction. I was 17. I was kind of afraid of the word, actually. Um, I was like, I don't really understand it. And I need to know more about it. I need to become knowledgeable. So I Googled and you came up and I was like, oh, okay, all right, I'm going to read this. Like, this sounds good. And then I was like, guilty feminist. I was like, oh, I like the name as well because I'm a guilty feminist. Like, I don't really, I am guilty. I don't really know much about feminism and I'm young. So I thought, right, I'm going to read it. Read it in a week. And, uh, and then I was going around and I was like, guys, guys, <laughs> this is the rave. And uh, Henry Cavill was like, shut up. <laughs> no, like he's, you know, and I was like, oh, somebody needs to talk to me. I was like, Susie, do you know anything about this? And then she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I did read the part of the book that you were in. Can we talk about it? And she was like, yes. And I was like, what is she like in real, like, real life? She was like, oh, Debs. And I was like, <laughs> she said her name. <laughs> she said her name. Um, and then I listened to the podcast every morning uh, on the way to work and on the way back. And I actually went to a sidekick and was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, this is a real thing. I was like, is that a sidekick or a sidekick? Uh, both, both. <laughs> and I uh, was like, tell me everything I need to know. And she was like, you are a feminist. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. What? Yes! And I was like, after like five like hours of listening to your podcast, I was like, she declared me, so it's fine. It's like, you know, like she's like my drag mother now. She told me that, yes. and now I'm that. And now you're that. And uh, I was so happy. I went to my boyfriend. I was like, I'm a fat, like the psychic knew that I'm into it, you know? And so I'm finally, yeah, I'm, this is why I'm here. Wow. <laughs> that was not at all the answer I was expecting. Yeah. Like, I love this. I love yeah. this story. I'm actually gripped to it because I don't think, I didn't know all of those details. Well, I didn't know that detail. I just remember we were on the truck and then I texted you and I was like, guess what? Millie's a fan of the podcast. Isn't that great? And then I went and thought, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to be... I mean, it's not my podcast. I come in and I crash and I make you feel uncomfortable. That's my thing. But it's all Deborah's. And I've been a guest. That's how I started. I was a guest as well. You were a guest. Your first one. And then you immediately got... And then I just was like, yeah, let me have some of that. Um, But then... Promoted to (laughs) co-host on your second go. I know, yeah. Yeah. And then I said to Susie... Because Susie's an actress and and had never done stand-up. And I said, look, you get a little segment. When you come and co-host... Millie, you can do the same thing. You get a little, you get a little segment where yeah. you can do whatever you stand want. Up do stand up. Do I love your stand up. Yes, right. Well, I said, Susie, you don't have to do stand up. You can just do whatever you want in that segment, and you mm-hmm. can give a speech or you could do a reading or whatever you want. And she went, "Oh, I'm going to give stand up a try." I've never seen anything like it, Millie. It was extraordinary. She went, "I think I'll just give stand up a try." A and try. Then she went out. Yeah. And then just smashed it. And yeah. 
I, it's so strange because Susie only does stand up. I only do it on here. here. I don't do it anywhere. Else. Bespoke, and every single time, it's like watching it's a professional stand up. It's the way she tells a story. Yeah. It's the way she tells a story. It's like on set, it's like you're watching a stand up, like all the time. And uh, she is the only humour we have on set, unfortunately. Aww. Is she? Yeah, absolutely. None is of she... us are funny. She comes on, and everybody, out, her and Helena Bonham Carter together oh, are a dream. Oh. They are a dream. Jeez. Helena bounces off of her, and it's amazing. And I just sit there and watch and cry. <laughs> Name a more iconic duo than Susan McCormick and Helena Bonham I know. Carter. Seriously, flame. Intra- flame. It's happened. Flame has officially happened. Oh my god. That 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 was the greatest moment of mine or anyone's life. That was the greatest moment of anyone's life, not just mine. I've peaked in life moments and that's I listen. Listen. I'm Generation X. Do you know who is the icon of Generation X? The iconic Generation X moment is Winona Ryder in uh, Reality Bites. I.e., I could have given birth to my guest tonight. (laughs) And you'd think that would depress me, but it really, really doesn't. It makes me a little regretful that I haven't had the forethought to give birth to Millie Bobby Brown. You have. Tonight. Yeah, well, in, in some in some ways, like the when we can connect like this, or like mm. it's so exciting. Because when I was writing that book, I was thinking, oh my god, how much more book do I have to write? I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> it's hard writing a book. Don't do it. Um, I really don't recommend it. Write a script. Books are hard. Um, I'm I'm writing one at the moment. If my publisher's listening. <laughs> The tapping noise you can hear is me writing it as I'm talking. Um, but it's really hard writing a book. But, uh, but when you hear that, when you hear, oh, that's landed with somebody who presumably you've had some quite tricky waters to navigate. Mm. As a young woman, you started off as a girl yeah. and then in the industry and then you were working as a child and then a teenager. And now, before you turned 18 and were legally a woman, you were producing your own work and deciding on the direction of it you know and what I love about your generation is you know you're not Judy Garland you know you're in previous generations children who then were teenagers who then were young women were completely controlled by the industry and were put onto diet pills and made to do this and made to go there and made to do that and they only ever got this tiny slice of it and you've just turned that around How's it been for you doing that? How have you navigated tricky waters? I feel, I mean, I deal with the same things any 18-year-old is dealing with. Navigating being an adult and having relationships and friendships. And it's all of those things, you know, being liked and trying to fit in. It's all of a lot. And you're trying to find yourself <laughs> while doing that. The only difference is that obviously I'm doing that in the public eye. So it can be really overwhelming. I have definitely been dealing with that more within the last two weeks of turning 18. Um, definitely uh, seeing a difference between the way people act and the way the press and social media have reacted to me becoming of age. Um, you know, in my life, I believe, and I, in my opinion, I believe that that shouldn't change anything. But um, it's gross and it's true. And so I think it's just a very good representation of what's going on in the world and how young girls are sexualized. Um, and so I have been dealing with that, and, but have also been dealing with that 
for forever. I mean, yeah. you know, I once I was like oh, going on a red carpet, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to do just a little low, just like a little bit lower. Because mm. I always just did these poofy dresses and I, live, I loved it and I lived for it. But I was like 16 and I was like, mom, dad, can I please wear to, like, to this award show? Like just a little bit, little bit. Mm. And I just got crucified for looking like a 60-year-old. And I was like, what's wrong with a 60-year-old? Mm. I think it's a vibe. But also as well, it's like... <laughs> Like, looking what? like a 60-year-old. Yeah, I was, like, everywhere. And I thought, my, like, is this really what we're talking about? We should be talking about the incredible people that were there at the award show, the talent that was there, the people that were representing. And But also, it's the weird kind of, like... Because I have not... I haven't been acting as long as you, but I started when I was 17. And I was playing a lot younger for ages. And, you know, I had, like, boobs. And kids younger than me, that you know what it's like. You develop at different stages. Yeah. But this idea of, like, you've got to sort of, like, have nothing. You've got to be, like, a Ken doll and have absolutely nothing. And there's a hint of that. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, you're trying to do something. Or I, I just, I'm living in my body. And it's, it's truly bizarre how kind of... I mean, and I never... And I had that pressure and that kind of thinking without press intrusion. And I just, yeah, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff and, you know because I know you, I get very, very fucking angry. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And this idea of, like, the clock strikes midnight and then everyone's like, fair game. It's disgusting. But like you say, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's but for a while. I met some people who'd worked with you. Yeah. Um, oh, God. No. They, <laughs> were, no, no. They were saying, oh, my God, she's just amazing on set. Because they said, like... You know, as a teenager, they said, you're running this set like Enola Holmes is your show. And they said, what's amazing about Millie, and I definitely haven't told you this before, I'm saying it on stage, and I hope it doesn't embarrass you, but they were saying, she just runs it with authority. And sometimes, oh, we've got to move on, money, money, money. And Millie will go, no, it's not right. Let's do it again. But they said, you never throw your weight around and behave like sometimes, famously, some men, hashtag not all men, behave on film sets and we've all seen the tantrums we've all seen the throwing things and we've all seen the mm. shouting at people and we've all seen those sorts of things mm. and they said really never does that she never humiliates anyone she never makes anyone feel small she never storms off or looks you know and listen people are human and if you ever did storm off I yeah. wouldn't blame you I'm not saying that people do have human emotions and things like that mm-hmm. but what they said is you're very very good at everyone knows this is your show but also you make people feel good. And mm. somebody said, oh, when a child, you know, they're doing it well, but they're not quite giving the director what they want. They said Millie goes over and she just knows how to talk to them and then unlocks a performance in them. And that's what really interests me is actually the positive stuff that you've been able to do was, you know, as opposed to young women of previous generations who yeah. just were absolutely just crunched up by the system. How have you had the kind of fortitude to go oh, now I'm going to start making my own shows. And guess yeah. what? This show's going to be a feminist show and it's going to be about suffragettes and it's going to be, they're going to be looking through the eyes of a teenage girl. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. It's kind of all to my parents, I would have to say, just because my parents have always given me the freedom. You know, like our dinner table is rowdy. It's a rowdy bunch. And when I was six and seven years old, I was debating with my siblings and I was, no, this is the way this has to be and this is the reason why. And I'm making my own film with my iPad one. And, you know, everyone was like, Millie, shut up. And I was like doing Moulin Rouge in Chicago. And everyone was like, uh, like what are we going to do with her? And so my parents were always like, 
this is the way she is and this is the way she will always be and we will never knock that out of her. Um, my nan, who's from Bethnal Green, she um, sadly passed away two years ago, but she acts like she was like, listen, Mill, no. the world is going to be an horrible place, but let me tell you, that, that shine, you never dulls. And I was like, all right, nan, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, she would literally scream at my parents and be like, you cannot ever tell her not to speak her mind. And so on set, I am quite blunt and I am quite honest, but... I, I believe that the set and the workplace should be the most fun place of all. Mm. You know, as much as we are working, we do have to have a job. Uh, I try and make everyone feel really, really happy. And I, it's like, I always say, keep a morale up since 2004. And I'm like, <laughs> the set. And I, play, I was playing Pitbull the other day on set. And everyone was like, this is like... A, like a rave you know and yeah. everybody's just kind of like they go with it um and what were you so playing on set pitbull sure. you know like you know my rent was gonna be later the, mu- the music act not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the act no, no, not no, the dog no, no, no. <laughs> not the bulldog no 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 <laughs> i know the song you yeah. sing the song again i'll sing it you, you know, know that rent was gonna be later she's singing it i see her lips she's singing it very i know all the words to pitbull um, I can see your face. You're like a dog, like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> I just, um, I. Uh, it was actually quite a funny story, and something that when I was listening to the podcast, really related to. It was International Women's Day a few years ago, and I was all by myself on set, and I was just surrounded by men, and I was like, happy International Women's Day, everyone, and all the men were like fixing the camera, and they were like, what day is it? And I was like, oh, God, like, I really need to make more of an effort to create sets that I feel even like, like, Mm. I can't turn to anyone and ask them for advice because they're all men Mm. and no I can't relate to anyone and they can't relate to me and that's the issue there's no communication because we're not the same and so with Enola being a producer on it I made sure that we had uh, a lot of female uh, producers editors Uh, we had a focus pillar and so uh, I try and make a conscious decision and really sit there because it's important and everyone you know for not only me but for for morale on set. Yes, mm. it really yeah. is. So, I have I have a question. Um, feel free to say the truth. Who, oh my god! Who? <laughs> no, Dory, it's, it's a stupid question. Who's your favourite um, co-star in Anola Holmes? Oh my god, it's taking too long. <laughs> Obviously you. Thank Yay. you. Obviously you. Obviously oh Helena. I think the duo, it's yes. it's everything. The duo is like we were filming a scene. I know. Oh, I was oh, you You what? know what scene? Ah. Uh, yeah. Yes. And it was a moment and uh Susie did a very silly thing on set. She she made someone bleed. <laughs> Okay, okay. We're going to need to hear this story no, in detail. No, because I'm, because I don't think we can. No, we can't. Netflix would kill us. Netflix no, would kill us. Say, but we, what I would, we during the, a, when we we're doing do the press code of silence, it, I'm sure when it you're, will yeah, come out. It will come out because I'm going to be the first one to tell the story. It was 
one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, so, so on theme for this podcast. <laughs> so anyways, I feel bad. This is like, you know, when you're telling a secret and nobody knows. No one knows. But you will. Like, it's you like will. rude. Okay, anyways, we're, we're done. But you're going to find out. You will find okay. out. Anyways. Oh, God, I'm so horrible at this. Don't we, worry. No, no, you're doing very, very well. It's, we, it's the not talking about things that you're not meant to talk about. And you get these, like, lengthy emails about what you're not meant to talk about, and I never read them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's really the you're a, you're a feminist, you can't be gagged. Um, <laughs> so, True. we could talk about uh, Nola Holmes 1. Yes, that's We can't we talk about Nola Holmes 2, two yet. No. No. We'll come back when you're allowed to talk about Nola oh Holmes God, 2, and yes. then you'll tell. You can bring Helena... And then, why don't we do a Helena? screening? We could do a guilty film oh screening. Gosh. That would be everything. That would be Wouldn't so it? fun. Yeah, and I can co-host. <laughs> yes. Oh, my okay. God, yes. Yes, okay. that's the one. Yes, that's the one. Absolutely. And I'll be it's in the so back organic. going, ha, 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 flame. Like that. <laughs> you will be on stage. I'll be in the back with a big, fat, red wine. Just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> flame off. Just go absolutely love this. She yeah. would love it. It's her okay. vibe. Okay, all right. I feel we need a screening. Yeah. And yeah. I think it needs to be uh, the four of us. And I'm very, very excited. And Henry Cavill, just, just for vibes. <laughs> just Henry. Just okay, Henry. who wants Henry Cavill at the event? Okay. Who okay. thinks it should be women only? Okay. Wasn't, that wasn't strong enough. That was guilty feminists going, I best say women That's only. Low yeah. level. But I, <laughs> that I was wouldn't low level seeing feminism, Henry Cavill, like... he's quite hot. That's what that was. <laughs> that was that was. Oh, my God. Um, so what made you, and let's, let's focus on Enola one. Yeah. Mm. What made you, of all the stories you could have told... Uh, because Stranger Things is, you know, it's 80s, it's sci-fi. With all the stories you could have told... What made you want to tell the story of Anona Holmes? Because you must have had a lot of offers and a lot of scripts. And No, because that wasn't even an offer. It was kind of like, I was, remember I was sat by a pool and then my dad and I was like, we should just like read books. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> so then I went on Amazon <laughs> and was like typing in, I was, uh, 11, I was 12. And I found the book series um, of Anola Holmes read all of them, and was like, oh my God, I'm too young for it. So maybe I'll have someone older be in it and I'll just produce it. Or I'll wait. But you I'm, were 12 and you thought, I'll I just mean, produce this. When I was 12, oh I was literally no, I deciding which scab <laughs> to pick on my knee. I was going, I'll save that one. I'll save that one till Saturday. That one's looking crunchier. You're there like, can I give another opportunity to another actress? Yes. At 12! Oh, at 12? I'll just what? produce it okay. and I'll give it... Go on, yeah, so, tell me more. So, um, <laughs> picking scabs. So, um, no, so basically I, um, I was like, I, you know when you read something or you, you just want to be in it, like when you watch films and you're just like, I just really want to do it. That's how I felt about Nola. I really wanted to do it because... I feel like I always had Hannah Montana uh, to look up to. Excellent. <laughs> which is everything, but she was this American lead, and um, I just didn't have a British female lead to look up to. Mm. Uh, you got Hermione Granger, but it's Harry Potter's. So I was like, mm, this isn't really like, where, where can I do? What? And Anola just fit that gap. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. So I went to my dad, I was like, this is this, and we need to buy the rights. So we did. 
Again. Again. I would have I was like, I would have been, I would have been trying to get my scabs. dad to take me to a shopping no, centre. My dad. Not to buy I just wanted Macadies. I just wanted Macadies from my dad. Yeah. My dad, my dad was like, great idea. This is a great idea. Let's put you at the head of this meeting. I was like, yes, I'm going to do a PowerPoint. Um, so I did this I PowerPoint. I love you so much. That's too cute. <laughs> it's like, I do a PowerPoint every time I want a new pet as well. Like to my parents, when I was little, I'd be like, this is the reason that I want this pet. Um, and I've got four dogs, one rabbit and a cat now. So it's, just, wow. it's all gone to shit. Your hit rate is So it sure. does make sense why you were able to set this film up. Yeah, so then I was like, right, I'm going to do this PowerPoint. So I sat in front of uh, all these really important people. And I was like, guys, like, this is so cool. I get to wear a corset. I'll fight. <laughs> I'll get sweaty. It's going to be cool. And like young girls are going to feel really empowered because this is about the suffragette movement. This is about one of the most uh, restricted time periods, the 1800s for women. And we can make it so crazy and silly and fun. And we can show how these women didn't listen to <laughs> anything uh, that society had to offer. So then my dad was like, great. And everyone was like, yeah, we like it yeah, let's write a script. And I was like, okay. And then we did for like two years. And I was like, you know, and then finally came to terms and they were like, we're shooting in August. And we got Harry Bradbeer to be on the project who directed it. And I was like, he is everything. He was perfect. And he just nails like feminism. I mean, we need to have him on the show. He's like the best gossiper as well. He's the best. And he just has really, really, he just, he really did his research. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, hey, 1800s, hey. <laughs> we're going to have fun. We're going to fun. He's like, read this. I and I loved the fact that, uh, speaking of the, the iconic duo that is Susan McComer and Helena Bonham Carter. I love that that, ex- that, that sentence exists. It's such an iconic duo. But, the, but that Helena Bonham Carter played the suffragette suffragette yes. in the film Suffragette. Yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that incredible? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's like, I kind of just don't speak around her. You know, it's yeah. like she walks in on set with her Diet Coke. Always a Diet Coke. Uh, always a Diet Coke. Diet Coke or tea. And uh, you just kind of watch her slowly. And if she picks you apart, it's like incredible. And it's really funny and humorous. And once she had a sour, it was like this really sour piece of candy. Yeah. Oh, I oh, know. Yes. She put so. it in her mouth and she was like, oh my God, it's so sour. Check it out, put it in my mouth. <laughs> oh. And I was like, wow. oh my God, it's so sour. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh my God, it's so sour, eBay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everything. Um, I, so yeah, I she, hope that was pre-COVID. Oh yeah, it was pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. That's pre-COVID. The first one, the first so yeah, one. first Anola, first Anola. Um, and anyways, yeah, she's just, <laughs> she's just a lot of amazingness like she just makes the set everything um and uh yeah she makes it um and having her on board was like a dream come true um my older sister Paige is so heavily into Harry Potter and she couldn't breathe um I haven't actually watched Harry Potter I'm not surprised you know because you're just you, you were 12 <laughs> calling the shots yeah when I was too 12 busy. again scabs Harry Potter that was yeah. all I had but like you're too busy you're fine. no but I met my boyfriend and he was like you haven't seen Harry Potter and I was like no he was like this is happening and I was like, okay, he's like, Chinese, Harry Potter, sofa, now. And we watched it. Oh, so you have now? 
Yes. Uh, you know. It's long. That's why we had like long. years. We had I was only interested when Helena came on. I was like, oh my God. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, because she's like, she's just transfixing her eyes for a moment, you know. Um, but I liked it. It was very, very good. And it was a very good, good thing. <laughs> listen. We love, we love listen, that. Girl, I'm not tired. I'm not tired to report anymore. So we're all good. But like, it, it was of its time. And I just feel, I, the thing that I love about Enola Holmes is that it was such a, something that you can get so swept away with but then mm. it had all the really important elements of feminism it was really really clever and it was wonderful to be a part of and I remember when it came out in what was it September 2020 yeah you know the year we were just at home it was just at home like I'm guessing in a film I guess and actually I was doing I was doing a voiceover a cartoon for Netflix with Helena so she, I, it was my first job sort of we were like behind screens, but we were yes, in the studio together. That's why you were doing together. those weird voices on set. Yes, we, yes, we were. <laughs> we were doing. Like, we were what are they cats. doing? And why are they talking without me? We were doing. Yeah. <laughs> we were being cats, and um, and and I remember being in the foyer of the studio. It was empty, like Soho was just like dead, no one there. And she went, "Oh, I've just got the um, the poster th- through for um, Anola Holmes." I was like, "Oh, lovely." And she just looked at me. She's like, "Don't you want to see it?" I was like, "Oh." I guess so. And I didn't I didn't expect to be on the poster. So oh. it was such like a real moment for me where I went, Oh, there's my big head. <laughs> and Helen was like, You don't have a big head. <laughs> I was like, Helen, I've got a spherical head, mate. Like, don't, don't worry about it, it's fine. Um, and it was just such a lovely moment with all the like all my friends' kids were just obsessed mm. with Enola and it's so lovely to be I don't think I've ever been a part of something like that it was just really cool that was really oh. iconic and, it, and, and as you say there were no red carpet moments because we were all trapped in the house yeah so, so it's really lovely that for Enola Holmes too uh, you are going to be able to be out on that red carpet I know uh, spreading, the, spreading the word of Enola too but I in am. another way Enola won what was great about it because it was in lockdown yeah. everyone watched, watched it, it. Yeah. Uh, will Enola too be at the, on the, on the cinema screens no it will be on netflix it'll be on netflix where you found it first yeah okay where i found it went the, f- the I, first so time look where you found it look where, where you did found you it leave first, it deborah where did it. you leave it look there <laughs> retrace your steps <laughs> it'll be there That's what my mom says every day to me yeah um it will be in the same place and we are really really excited obviously we finished filming and uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely better than the first uh, well, oh, that's, yeah, that's no, a high bar. Agreed. It's a high because bar. I think it's definitely a lot more adventurous and yes. exciting. And uh, it's it, Enola's growing up big time. And mm. in that time period, it's actually quite interesting. It's like 18, you're getting married. God, yes. Even like, uh, yeah, scary. Really scary. Can you imagine? Debs, oi oi, can you imagine getting married at 18? I really can't. The but decisions I made at 18. <laughs> I hope we were past scabs. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> One clinging on. <laughs> Disgusting. Sorry. No. God, can you imagine? Go marry someone. I'll be like... I know. I know. But people did. People... Yeah, it was yeah, just completely exactly. normal to marry someone and then be just... You just had to stay with them for the stay rest of your them. life no matter what Ooh. you felt. On the upside, people didn't live as long. <laughs> so... Like now, if you married someone at 18, you're stuck with them. I mean, just, 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 time's ticking. Oh, you know, God. It's still here. Um, 
I can't wait to see the new one. And yeah. I know we're not technically meant to be talking about the new one. This is not yeah, promo for Enola 2, by the way. We no. just can't stop ourselves because we're so excited. No. We will come back and do, if Millie's up for it, we yes, will come back and I'm do promo back. I love it. Uh, for number two. We're, we've got to have an interval soon. Yes. Can I ask before we go, do you have any I'm a feminist buts? Yes. <gasps> Excellent. Okay, so I was like on set yesterday and I was like, guys, I need to think of one. And I've only ever heard, you know, you guys say it. But then I thought, you know what? It came up quite handy. So, I'm a feminist, but when I'm on my period, I want a day off. I, I think that's I absolutely think, fair. I think that is reasonable, responsible, and also the age-old thing that we all say, if men had periods, they would have all that time off. So it just makes sense. Yeah, if men had periods, they wouldn't have periods because they would have cured it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's if cisgendered true. men so had periods, it, oh, would, it would be cured. No more. It would be cured. There'd be a thing that you could take or a patch yeah. that you could have or something where you'd still ovulate, but <laughs> also you would not... We certainly wouldn't have the pain anyway. And no. I think no, that would be gone. That would be a thing of the past. That would be optional. They'll be like, do you fancy it this month? And there'll be an app and you'll be like, oh, go on in. Yeah. Just to feel something. Mm. <laughs> And then the other one will be like, oh, no, I'm too busy uh, running a country. No time for pain. <laughs> I really, the thing is, up. you can't, yeah. Firstly, I'm the funniest person that's ever lived to me. And you didn't see, <laughs> all these members, listen, you didn't see what I was doing with my hands. It was crazy. Um, yep. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, oh uh, so we're going to have an interval and uh, in that time we're going to try and figure out how to stop both hemorrhaging and cramps. Um, <laughs> and if we come up with a cure, we'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, it is now time uh, for you to go to interval and before you do that, a big round of applause for Susan Wakaima. <laughs> and a big round of applause for Melly Bobby Brown. See you after the interval. Hello, Guilty Feminists. We are on tour with our all singing, all dancing, all comedy, all deep feminist conversation live tour. The Guilty Feminist will be in Liverpool on the 22nd of April, Sheffield on the 23rd of April, both with Jessica Foster-Q, Sophie Duker, Celia A.B. and Jess Robinson. We'll be coming somewhere near you and you can find out where and when at guiltyfeminist.com. If you live in Australia or New Zealand, we will be in you in July. Grace Petrie and I are coming out. We'll be joined by some brilliant Australian comedians and feminist guests. Get your tickets now. Guiltyfeminist.com. Soho Theatre. I'm doing my stand-up show, which is about coming out as bisexual and going in with some psychedelics. And that will be never on the podcast because the podcast lives on the internet and that is where those stories cannot be. So if you would like to see it, come to the Soho Theatre on the 26th of April to the 7th of May. Get your tickets now before they all go. The first run of this sold out. We have a brand new Big Speeches workshop online with Jessica Regan coming up. Uh, So get your confidence on and go to that. If you'd like to hear... The Guilty Feminist without ads. You can go to Patreon and you'll also get some other goodies as well. And for details on all these things, go to guiltyfeminist.com. So that was the first half of our incredible show with Millie Bobby Brown. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. 
That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 